sorry. I've been uh, a little busy revolutionizing tech financing. On Coke. Hey, hope not. What up? So, who wants to fuck a hobo? No? All right, then let's party. Down there. P to the O-D. Casts on the daily about succession. One episode per day, see. P to the O-D. Casts on the daily about succession. Podcasting like a pro, make some noise. Succession is almost over, but we're just getting started talking about every single episode of Succession here on Post Show Recaps on the Daily Succession Podcast on Post Show Recaps, where we are watching and talking about every single last episode of Succession on the road to the final season premiere on March 26th. We are going episode by episode and day the day you can get commercial free versions of this podcast when you sign up at patreon.com slash post show recaps at any level that's patreon.com slash post show recaps at any level for the ad free versions of the succession podcast hello everybody i am josh wiggler today we are discussing succession season one episode eight Prague. I'm here with Jess Sterling. We are not in Prague. No, and we're not also in dog cages because Josh really just didn't want to play a uh, dog with me. I didn't, didn't want to play, play dog. dog. I was interested in cat. I thought cat could be fun. <laughs> I thought cat might be fun. I also did, Jess, I did think that the chocolate cake looked good. Yeah, and until you bit Wait, into it. Wait, hold on. What's that? You're telling me that wasn't chocolate cake? No, that was dog chow. It kind of looks really good. You ever had puppy chow? You're a puppy chow person? Have I ever eaten puppy chow? Yeah, do you know puppy chow? Oh, okay. This yeah, is like, it's like a chocolatey, peanut buttery, yes. powdered sugar, this like Chex, Chex mix. mix. Yes. I think I've heard it called something else, but yes, I have had it. It does. It's like muddy somethings. Muddy buddies. Uh, yeah. I think that there's a name for it, but I don't remember what the name <laughs> what the name is. Well, Jess has been so kind. Jess, uh, of course, drove me back from Canada uh, mm-hmm. while I was with Grace and Amanda for episode six, but Jess was only willing to drive me halfway back to uh, New York City. So I'm so grateful that this person came to come and pick me up from, uh, from Jess's central New York. Uh, she is the co-founder of the Succession Podcasts on Post Show Recaps. She is also my wife. It is the the great Emily Fox. Emily, thank you for coming to pick me up. The worst part about this is how many pee breaks you have to take. I'm going to take a lot. I'm a camel when I'm driving. Like, I'm like, we're good. This is a long haul. Like, you got to hold on. And Josh is always like... Hey, I so, drink so much water, but he also like knows me well enough to try to be like, I'm not going to be a jerk, but like, it's been four hours. Do you think we <laughs> might be able to pull over at the next stop? And I'm yeah, like, oh, and fine. I just, I just hope that uh, people are getting what the, what the sentiment behind that is. It's like, I'm afraid. In those <laughs> yeah, he is. he is. There's like a You're lot of fear. Stuff. There's a lot of How many of years have we been together? 17 this coming of, May? A lot of time. A yeah, lot that's, of time. That's a long time to be afraid of someone. Hold your pee in the car. <laughs> <laughs> a really long, long time. Well, that's not what we're here to discuss. No. We are here to talk about. Other bodily fluids. Other bodily fluids, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> we are here to talk about other bodily fluids as we're talking about Prague, the Tom Wamsgams bachelor party extravaganza here in uh, the final push towards the end of Succession Season 1 as we continue to be on the daily push towards the final season of Succession overall. We're going to talk about Prague. We're going to talk about not really Prague because we go somewhere else, but we'll talk about this whole episode, everything that's going on. Um, Before we even get into that, I do just want to say, so Emily, you and I, for people who don't know, we kick, we're married. And I just want to say that again. I'm very proud of it. I think people it's a cool, didn't know. It's a cool thing that I think it's is really cool neat. Uh, we're both adults who are married to each other. You know, it's just like adult stuff. Um, we, once upon a while, yes. uh, you and I co-founded the Succession Podcast here on Post Show Recaps. We sure did. And I just want to shout out to our seven original fans who used to listen. Yes. Uh, thank you for sticking with it. Uh, yes. I'm sorry I haven't been around as much, but uh, yeah. We, we get Emily Fox on whenever we can, and I think it is fair to say we will get you on uh for the final season you will get your words in edgewise before this whole thing is said and done but we definitely wanted to make sure that you could get on here to talk about succession in the early going as we are part of this daily 
Police Succession podcast experience. So I have two things that I want to ask you before we even get into this episode specifically, Emily. Are you ready? Yes. Thing one is what is your reaction to the fact that succession is ending? And thing two is what are your observations of my current mental health talking about succession every single day for the last week? (laughs) Okay, so question one, I'm actually really happy that they've decided to end it. I think we see in a lot of prestige TV that some of these shows that we really love end up dragging a little too long and they don't really know how to end it. And we've seen that in lesser shows too. I think it's just a a product of the times and the last 20 something years of TV. So I'm really glad that they have made an educated decision, I think, to call call it and just say, you know, enough. And I think that that's going to make this upcoming season that much more explosive and fun for everybody, knowing that it's the last season. But I'm glad to say goodbye to everybody. It's really fun doing the rewatch. I got to tell you, watching this episode, I was just reminded constantly of how much I love the characters and love to hate the characters as well. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to to sort of send everybody off and and feel good about it ending. Hopefully and... not into the sunset. Hopefully, like directly into the heart of the sun uh, <laughs> is what we're sending most of these people to. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, I'm sure sending most them of them into deserve the proverbial yeah. dog cage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dog yeah. pound. Here you come. Yeah. Uh, you and as for your mental health, <laughs> you didn't I, have to actually weigh in on this one. I mean, I haven't uh, been around the last few days because I've been working nonstop. But I will say, you've been more upbeat. which is a surprise i don't know if i expected you to go through a slog of television rewatch with such happiness yeah excitement but you're doing it and hey i'm always here for for you no matter what but it's really good to see you on the upswing yeah um I appreciate that. Yeah. I, feel, I feel very good about what we've got going on here. We're really excited about this. We're uh, we are you know doing these podcasts for people who have watched all of Succession already. We're also doing them for people who have never watched Succession and are using this as the occasion to watch for the first time. We've been getting a lot of really fun feedback from those people. Uh, I believe on the day that we are recording this, I think Brenna has just started <laughs> watching. Start. It appears so. We've got like a lot of people in the patron community, of course, uh, and people on Twitter who are remarking about this as well so it's it's been really really fun now i have been very excited i have been very engaged but i did have to take a lot of uh, pee breaks uh (laughs) on the ride back from canada so typically i've been writing the quick plot recaps but i said jess i think i'm just gonna need you to uh during uh, when we pull over if you could just write these uh for this episode at least that would be that i dictated them into like a recorder while i was driving just you know i really don't understand this going like ongoing joke but (laughs) it's a joke we're definitely on the side of the road right now mm-hmm. podcasting about succession uh that's how this is really going. good reception in my car it's right good. Good audio quality. Good. the audio quality is good in your car uh <laughs> all right jess walk us through it the plot of episode eight prague yes so episode eight prague does not take place in prague where tom's bachelor party was supposed to take place instead Stewie convinces Roman to hold Tom's bachelor party at Romboid, an underground physical fun palace where Sandy Furness will be. Roman, on behalf of Logan, wants to make a deal with Sandy for his local news stations, so the boys, including Roman, Tom, Greg, Connor, and Kendall, head into the sewers for a fun-filled night of debauchery. Greg negotiates the possibility of a lateral move at Waystar Royco with the head honcho himself, as long as he can keep Kendall from overindulging in drugs and alcohol in a scene that shows possibly some fatherly love from Logan. This proves difficult as Kendall comes face to face with his quote unquote third oldest friend who backstabbed him and immediately asks Greg to score him some ketamine. Stewie offers him half a billion for his share of Waystar while simultaneously revealing that he and Sandy do business together, which was previously kept from Kendall. Things come to a head when Roman interrupts a conversation between Kendall and Sandy by divulging that Kendall used to play a game called Dog Pound, where Roman was locked in a dog cage and made to eat dog food. Turns out, Connor asserts that Roman liked it, and Logan encouraged it, the behavior, as a way of punishing the quote-unquote weaker dog. Ultimately, Kendall counter-offers by telling the duo to bring him in to F Logan Roy, proving he is no weak dog. Tom, meanwhile, gets permission from Shiv to be an adult 
and gets a hall pass to do what he wants, which ends up being fellatio and swallowing his own. Oh no. Well, there's a word for it and it's hot, but no. I've totally forgotten what it's called. No. <laughs> Shiv, who isn't invited on the boys trip, has her own night of debauchery as she is developing deeper feelings for Nate while simultaneously calling it nothing. She mistakenly convinces Gil to appear on ATN, which is a mistake when Gil loses his cool with the ATN anchor and drags Shiv's not so good name into it. Later, she meets with her father, who simultaneously says Gil is using her and then tries using her himself by offering to bring her in properly. He threatens her and she ends the meeting the same way we end this podcast, F off. We end the episode with the news that Logan will not be attending Shiv's wedding. And that was our episode. That was the episode indeed. Great stuff, Jess Sterling. Uh, a very, very spot on uh, synopsis of, uh, it's just a synopsis. A synopsis is plural. There was just the single <laughs> synopsis that you delivered here for Prague, which I do think maybe should have been called Romboid. Uh, if I have a critique. <laughs> yeah, I agree. If I have a critique, maybe just call it Romboid. I feel like uh, we talk about this a lot on community building about like recognize recognizing what the episode is by the episode title. This is not aptly titled. It's like our, you know, Austerlitz, really good title. I feel like we remember that episode based on the title. Not not so much with Prague. No, no. Emily, you and I watched this one together. This is you just kind of jumped in. You haven't been doing the succession daily grind. Um, but I know I just keep hearing the theme song playing every yes. like hour. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you've been hearing it uh, in the background. At like uh, but, 1.5 speed, which is the best part. But walking <laughs> on 1.5, the succession theme song is an absolute bop. I was just gonna I say it's I a real bop. It. I have yeah. to tell you, like big rhomboid energy. Like, I was just gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd be listening to it at Romboid. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed watching uh, Prague with you, Emily, because uh, as, a, as a private chef and somebody who has worked in events for, uh, for her career, uh, I imagine that um, this is not your first exposure to something like Romboid. Uh, you've probably spent, especially as a New Yorker, yeah, all a those lot of time in the secret that, tunnel uh, parties <laughs> of New York. Yes. <laughs> All the rave catering parties that I've been doing now, like I, I wouldn't say I've been in something this exclusive or kind of intense, but I've been around circles of people that are sort of like this. Yes. Mm -hmm. A couple of times, a couple of times. So this is a, uh, I think that this is, so what we talked about in the episode coming into this Austerlitz uh, is sort of like the pinnacle of Succession's emotional brutality up to this point in time. I do think that Frog might be the pinnacle of Succession as a comedy up to this point, Jess. I think that the stuff that happens, there's a lot of tragedy in here for sure. The backstory that we're getting with Ken and Rome and who actually was enjoying the dog pound game yeah. and who was actually benefiting from it. And there's conflicting tales from Connor about how much did Roman actually like it. All of that's really upsetting and uh, very authentically sad. But then there's just, there's some silly, 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 goofy antics yeah. that are happening in here as well. There's this is such a quotable episode, probably not for great reasons. A lot like, of Greg and Tom foolery the, happening. The Tom, uh, first of all, fly guys, like him talking yes. about his fly guys, is so funny, and I I can't really say exactly why it's so funny. The fact that he just calls them fly guys, the fly guys, yeah, That's the name of the group. I was just chatting with the great Antonio in the sky, Antonio Mazzaro, uh, and given his position in the sky, you would think that he knows what the fly guys refers to. Mm -hmm. This is the question that he had for me coming to the podcast why are they called the fly guys they guess fly guy i'm in love with you yes i mean maybe yeah <laughs> rapper's is, delight is Come this on. just a rapper's delight <laughs> is that what it is is tom wom's games just like really big in rapper's delight Josh and I measure time from Rapper's Delights because that song in like its full minutes. length is super long. So we're yeah. always like, how many Rapper's Delights was that? And we're like, hmm, it was like 15. <laughs> yeah, that's that that's movie, a, a normal car ride probably like from eight, where I'm picking him up. to Rapper's Delights. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, but I just uh, Tom, especially with the uh, when he calls Shiv Honey Badger, <laughs> and he says, "I want to dock myself inside you so much right now." Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, I love you too. What yeah. a freaking nightmare! Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> like this, just so good. Greg saying, "I don't do white drugs." <laughs> like, uh huh. It's just so funny. Yeah, look at you, Greg. Uh, so greedy, little pervert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of lines in here that I won't repeat out yeah. loud. Well, there's a lot of bad ones. There's a yeah. lot of bad ones, but a lot of 
Ask them where they were on 9-11. If they don't know, they could be under 21. Right. <laughs> there are a lot of zingers in here. Like, sort of like the biting dialogue of succession is on full display, less in a way of, like, tearing each other apart and more just highlighting and underscoring how scummy these people are, Emily. Like, I feel like that is really on full display here as they're going on this bachelor party, as bachelor parties often tend to go. There is, like, a little bit of, like, uh, you know, a raucous energy to it pop culturally and succession turns that up to 11. I just love that they're walking into a subway tunnel. They're in Sunset Park, probably the only time any of them has ever been like in Brooklyn, let alone that part of Brooklyn. Yeah. And, you know, I love Roman being like, God, it's just a dead rat. Get over it, guys. Everyone's like, "Ooh, where are we going? What's happening? Well, Connor is wearing his TSA slip ons and airport socks, mm-hmm. Emily. This is a disaster. On yeah, the they were ready front. for Prague. They were ready. Yeah. <laughs> Cousin Greg had his uh, his uh, European coat, I believe. Uh, <laughs> so he exactly. was really ready. He was kitted out. He was ready to go. Uh, yeah, everyone has their bags packed as if they are going to, to Prague. Unfortunately, the fly guys are not allowed to come in. Yeah, they never get in, right? Like, we That's don't so see terrible. them later. Can you imagine? Like, because I am, I mean, I don't know if this is correct, but like, Tom is from the Midwest. I assumed they're Midwestern and they flew in for this. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. So this is ridiculous. These yeah. poor guys, the poor fly yeah. guys. Well, they are, they're, their terrain, their preferred terrain is the air, Jess. I think uh, <laughs> they're subterranean, uh, you know, done dungeon diving it's not really a mm-hmm. thing for the fly guys unfortunately um beyond sort of the uh the insane behavior that occurs within the uh the rhomboid uh i do think that there is a lot going on in this episode as far as digging into who the roys are and who are the people in their orbit but really specifically Kendall and Roman and we're coming off of an episode where Kendall and Roman I think shared a lot of affection for each other a surprising amount Roman uh, we you know said like a kind of like a four-way star performance from Roman caring for his brother the way he did and then in this episode there's a lot of regression to what they were like when they were kids and competitive with each other and that really roars to life within Kendall once the opportunity arises for him to team up with Sandy and Stewie to get back at dad. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, on Sandy and Stewie, Emily? I think you're a big Stewie fan. I just think you, he's pretty despicable and it's it's really fun to hate him specifically, even though you could probably say the same thing about 99% of the characters on this show. Um Stewie and Sandy, just their names. When you think about them, it's like, oh, like henchmen or something. Like they're bad Sandy. guys. Yeah, when you combine them, uh, yes. like creatures of myth, head but, of a horse. Yeah, but like finding out that they're basically a brain trust instead of, of the, yeah. Oh, I forget. <laughs> was he what? <laughs> the head of the horse, and there's something else that I can't I remember know. what the other part of the body was. It's just not coming coming to mind. Oh, something about a swan. Oh, yeah, it was a swan. It was a swan. Yep. I don't think we can repeat it. Um, But anyway, yeah, we find out that they're a bit of a brain trust, which is news to everybody or just Kendall for uh, what it's worth, because nobody else knows about it. Um, But they like hanging out at Rhomboid together. Sandy being like, I love to be like, see the young people frolicking or something. And I was like, ew. He orders yeah. an old fashioned too. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do want to just call out the line that destroyed me from, from Stewie when, uh, when Kendall's like expressing some measure of shock that Sandy would come to a party like this. Stewie says, oh yeah, Sandy loves having sex. The thing he pees through, he puts into other people. It's vile. Uh, I don't, that, that utterly annihilated me. Uh, I thought it was incredible. But just like the revelation, and this is something that, of course, we we tracked, we clocked. Cousin Greg sees Sandy and Stewie together on a park bench a few episodes ago. Yeah. Cousin Greg is just a little deeper into the ecosystem. Maybe some of, some of this unpleasantness, some of this shock, at least, is avoided. Uh, instead, it is sort of revealed in this kind of like... You know, Batman gets name checked in this episode. There is almost like a Batman villain quality to uh, to the atmosphere that these people are in. Like you could imagine the Penguin owns this club. It's very and dark. Yeah. Also that Larry Pine who plays Sandy could be the Penguin, I think, is another <laughs> uh, possible read. But there's like this like serial killer reveal of Sandy is me and I am Sandy. Mm-hmm. We are a single entity like a creature from mythology, the head of a horse, the dick of a swan. Oh, you uh, did say. 
say it. Okay. It's a quote. It's a quote. <laughs> and Sandy, uh, yeah, he confirms this. I'm a parasite on a parasite. Which is a disgusting thing to envision. It's yeah. a horrifying thing. But basically, the revelation here is that uh, in, you know, to break it down into horror movie parlance, um, the call is coming from inside the house. Logan's number one rival has a big stake in Waystar and he yeah. wants to to wield it he wants to buy Kendall's share in so doing getting enough to wrest control away from the Roy family instead Jess Kendall just wants to push all of his chips in he wants to take his shot at dad he wants to yeah. be the top dog yeah and this is all you can see how everything ends up happening throughout this episode where the whole reason they're at rhomboid is because of a, a mistake made by roman i think this episode is terrible for roman he gets had many times over um the whole reason they're even here is because stewie says listen sandy furness is going to be there you can have a one-on-one -on -one with him but the real reason stewie wants them there is to get kendall's shares and so that is the whole reason they're over there. And Kendall, throughout this whole conversation about the dog pound and about there needing to be a weaker dog, yeah. Kendall doesn't want to be the weak dog. He sees Roman as the weak dog. And so in, instead of just selling out his shares and doing what he wants with his life and getting as far away from the Roy family and waste, waste our Royco as he can. No, instead he really, he wants the revenge. He wants to get back at Logan Roy. And what's the best way to do that? getting in with his enemies so it you can see the steps that it takes to get to that point where especially when he gets basically told to f off by the girl from dust this is something he is right he's trying to act like he is he says i'm a good guy who knows the bad guys yeah but they're like your name is basically hitler like we <laughs> don't you stop calling me hitler you. could you just stop with the hitler thing <laughs> <laughs> they don't want anything to do with uh, with Kendall. And I think he kind of realizes um, there's no point in me trying to be the good guy. My name is always going to mean I'm a bad guy. I might as well lean all the way in and go full bad. Yeah. Uh, so quite, a, quite an episode for Kendall and how he like where he starts from where he ends is a very big transformation, I think. I mean, I think the thing that's really interesting about this episode is you just see the the progression of the self-loathing that Kendall has and him trying to come into this meeting for VC and be like, yeah, I'm going to like, you know, I don't know anything about art, but I'm pretty cool. And then he's like, Ugh, maybe I should take these sneakers off. I don't know. And like he he's totally failing on so many levels, but he you doesn't they were all going to be dressed like Bjork. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like swans. Yeah. These poor women are just sitting there being like, really? This is the freaking guy that showed up? Like, you know, we'll take the meeting, but we're not going to you know, let him come anywhere close to us. And so him sort of coming down from that and realizing that he completely tanked that entire situation and not being able to fix it himself, in fact, making it even more uncomfortable by confronting her at Romboid. And then seeing that, you know, there is leverage here, but either way, I just, you know, I'm going to go further into drugs. I'm going to go further into substances here because I can't stand to probably feel that I'm failing. Yeah. yeah. And then let me dig down and really hit my father where it hurts. Kendall, you look well. Thank you. You look uh, out of place. I do like <laughs> to see the youngsters brolic. So you want to talk? Yeah. Did Stewie fill you in? Why do I feel like I'm about to find out you're not my real mommy and daddy after all? <laughs> Let's do this character by character. We're already doing it character by character. I think at this point we've kind of started in on Kendall Roy, and I'd like to stay there. I'd also like to remind everybody that you can go to postshowrecaps.com slash rate Roy or postshowrecaps.com slash action stations. If you want to get involved, rate the Roys. You can also rate each episode of Succession as well as a bunch of other things we are tracking here along the way and uh, i would like to let's let's stay underground uh and we can we can focus <laughs> on the characters underground and then we can go and mm -hmm. see the cold light of day the cars are five minutes away anyway so we may as well just chill and focus on what's going on here i think speaking of kendall roy why don't we start there since we've already been talking about him so much the dude's on a bender, right? We yeah. find out that it's been about a month since episode seven. So we have uh, we have moved on from New Mexico considerably. And Kendall has not really gotten off of the train that he hopped on when he was in 
uh, New Mexico. Now, Jess, you were the one a few episodes back uh, who mentioned, gosh, you really cannot stand cocky Kendall. And we talked about how, well, you know what? Uh, Maybe a spoiler that sometimes he'll feel like he's winning and he's going to be insufferable. I think this episode is really bearing out that vibe. This, yeah. I imagine, was kind of hard for you with Kendall this week. I hate, I hated when he's in the back seat with Frank and he's like, "Hey man, can you just like turn up the bass a little yeah. bit? Can you come on?" He's turn like putting up these sneakers the on. He walks into these people's office and he just like puts his feet up on their furniture. Oh, it's I, it's just, so cringeworthy. <laughs> yeah, he's so unbearable. He's on the a hole who could be your Warhol. He even uses terms like "I'm incubating." I'm rebalancing from crypto to eco. I just, I truly can't when Kendall gets like this. Um, on the upside, right? He he does seem to be making moves against Logan. I do like to see that. But he lost more points when he pressures Greg to do drugs because I really wasn't a big fan of that. Well, he's just trying to like make sure that Greg is doing his job, which is to save Kendall from doing too many <laughs> drugs. So he's actually, if you think about it from a certain point of view, he's just helping Greg out with Greg's Greg. job. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I really ended up somewhere in the middle with Kendall. I ended up giving him a two. Okay. I feel like that's pretty generous for me considering yeah. the amount that I loathe cocky Kendall. Um, I gave him a two just because I do like the the move to move against Logan. I think that's, I think it's fun. I think it's ambitious. And, uh, I, you know, we get to see Kendall's state of mind when him and Roman are leaving the elevator at the end of the night, leaving the cage, if you will, yes, as he just yeah. slams into Roman and shows him, you know what? I'm the big dog. Yeah. Uh, so two for me. I believe the saying is you can take the dog out of the fight, but you can't take the fight out of the dog. And go. Kendall still has some uh, bite behind that bark. Emily, do you have a strong feeling of how you would like to rate Kendall Roy? I think it's a great Kendall episode. So from that perspective, I want to give him a higher rating. Uh, That doesn't mean I enjoyed his presence that much. I agree with you, Jess, in the fact that watching him walk into that meeting and throw his shoes up onto the table, that's a huge, you know, do not do in like that scenario not a ron donald do i know i almost said a rdd and then i was like i don't know if anyone knows what that means um would party down cater rhomboid emily as the co-host of the party (laughs) down podcast on post show recaps with dr amanda they'd probably be made to feel like a joke doing it though they'd be hired to be like someone made fun of i mean they have done an orgy before season one (laughs) there's no orgies at rhomboid this isn't an orgy maybe they could dress up as the astronaut monkey that there was (laughs) at rhomboid Apparently, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, I think I'll give Kendall a four. Wow, yeah, four, yeah, Full four from Emily Fox mm-hmm. for Kendall Roy. Wow, mm-hmm. um, gosh, I don't want to be the one who goes against Emily's four for Kendall Roy. <laughs> I'm hearing Emily. <laughs> I need a, I need a ride home. You know, so, um, I don't think I can go the full four for Kendall Roy in this episode. I'm, I am more inclined towards the two. I do mm. think so. I think that Kendall, you know, there, there was, uh, there's a lot of empathy that I have for Kendall. I've gotten into that now. Um, and I, and I feel like a month into this thing, Kendall can't quite see the forest for the trees, despite the fact that he's basically coming up to Sandy and being like, I could see the algorithm. I could see the matrix. And I don't think that's quite right when you're in the mental state that that Kendall is in and so there's some degree to which he's not fully in control of the way he's treating people but I don't want to give him too much credit I think some of the things that he says to Roman and the way that he sort of uh, when he hears the story from Connor about the perspective of the weak dog would get sent away so Connor you know tells Roman this story and says you wanted to go to military school but when Connor retells the story to Kendall the implication is that Logan would send the weaker person away is the way that that plays out. And so rather than having empathy for, for Roman in the moment of like, you know what we were talking about the other day, Jess of like, gosh, we're so messed up. We never had a chance when he hears that story about Connor being potentially a read. Instead of having that, he's like, his takeaway is, well, I'll be the top dog and I'll send the weak one way. And he just like literally shoulders Roman out of the way. That sucks. That said, the fact that there is still fight left in the dog, I do appreciate. It gets us, no spoilers, but it's going to get us into some really exciting territory as the story moves along. I'll give Kendall Roy to, uh, to uh, I was going to say Meow Meow Beans, but that's not what we're doing here. <laughs> to Roy Children. To Roy Children. Um, let's go to Roman Roy in this episode. 
Roman, um, you know, he gets them into rhomboid. That's a plus, kind of. He maybe, has a terrible but... episode. Yeah, he's he's taking them to this exclusive underground New York party, but he is doing it at the expense of the Fly Guys. He's doing it at the expense <laughs> of Tom's bachelor party, Emily. Now, you are somebody, I know this, that when somebody changes a plan on oh, you I last hate it. minute. Oh, I hate that too, Emily. I bitter, hate that. Bitter, bitter hatred from Emily Fox towards a last minute change to a plan. Uh, you got to feel pretty bad about Roman changing this plan on Tom so last minute. Everybody gets into the trouble they get into in this episode ostensibly because of Roman Roy. Yeah, and I feel bad for Tom because obviously he has to roll with it. He doesn't have a choice. Don't feel too bad. He had the best night of his life. <laughs> yeah, and that's said with genuine pause. Like he he didn't have the best Dog night pause? of his life. Dog pause. Yes. <laughs> I... I think what Roman does is pretty despicable and crappy and not great. And generally, I don't have a lot of uh, points to give out to him. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think that that's probably like I'm going right. to give him like a one, I think. Yeah. I think that I probably will give him one as well. Yeah. Jess, I think. Um, the story about him being in the dog cage, whether he wanted to do it or not as a kid and the way that he's talking about it, his memory of it is that he didn't want to do it. I trust his memory over it more than the people saying you loved doing it. I have a lot of sadness for Roman when it, when it comes to that. And I think like some of the ways in which he was denigrated and the people are saying like, Oh no, you loved being denigrated. And like, how did that inform Roman Roy uh, growing yeah. up and some of his ideas about how people are supposed to derive pleasure? Uh, you know, I think that there is a lot baked into <laughs> that. So there's there's some sadness there for me, for sure, that I think is just enough to make him not a Connor, uh, a full zero here. In this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's how yeah. we rate. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, Rome, it's really, it, you're right. It is really sad what Roman has to go through because throughout this episode, we see um, Roman is getting a moment to shine, or at least he's seeing this as an opportunity. Even though I'm in dad's pocket, it's really spacious in here because Kendall is no longer numero uno. He is no longer like the guy his dad turns to. However, Logan is beating him up. He is a punching bag for Logan. Logan just completely says like, oh, you don't have the guts to go tell off that local news guy with a lower number? Then get out of here. Yeah. And then Roman shifts that completely. He takes that that anger and that malice that is put onto him, goes out and immediately just punches Greg in the arm. Like, it's so obvious to me that Roman is seeing this as an opportunity. Kendall's gone. I can finally get some of daddy's love and affection. Um, But he... he he isn't that guy like he's getting swindled left, right and center. He's getting Stewie's the one manipulating him to get him here in the first place. He thinks, oh, I have a shot. I can speak for my dad to Stu or to Sandy. But like they're just stringing him along. And I think that a person like Kendall or Logan would see right through this. But Roman doesn't. Uh, and so, yeah, there's of course, there's a little bit there where I feel I feel really bad where he was treated like this as a kid. And this obviously influences uh, how he acts as an adult, um, especially when we see Tom goes off with the woman uh, who is going to give him fellatio. And Roman just stands there as like, I would uh, uh, I, I would uh, like he looks so awkward and like yeah. helpless. Um, I did give him a one. I just think. He's being he's being swindled all over the place. It's such a bad episode for Roman, but I, I have a little sympathy for him. So sure. I give him a one. Um, elsewhere in the rhomboid crew, Tom and Greg. Let's go with <laughs> Tom and Greg. Emily, do you believe that this is the best night of Tom's life? No. <laughs> you don't think so? I think Tom has a sad life too. I mean, that's the thing. That's the undercurrent of everybody on here, right? Everyone has this sad existence where they're striving to be on top and to grasp whatever mm -hmm. amount of power they can. I think Tom is deeply, deeply concerned about his marriage, uh, his impending marriage to Shiv. I think there's a lot of insecurity there and him constantly calling her to see like, hey, is this okay? I'm going to go do this. And like, yeah, is it normal for your fiance to check in and be like, might be a wild night. Are we okay? If like, you know, I see something, but like instead he's like, 
what do we do here? Like eye for an eye? Like what if, I if I touch a boob? <laughs> if I touch a boob, do you grab a D? Is yeah. that how this works? And you're like, excuse me? Like, <laughs> yeah. And he's he's just saying a lot of almost word vomit to her because I don't think he knows how to handle himself. Clearly, this is a, a left turn from Prague which God knows what might have happened there, but we don't have the fly guys on either shoulder to maybe be like good cop, bad cop. We just are mm-hmm. totally entrenched with the Roy's and that's it. One of those fly guys, a bad fly guy, do we think? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's a yin and yang to everything, yeah, right? Yeah, there yeah. could be a good fly guy and a bad fly yeah. guy. Yeah. I also think it doesn't necessarily occur to him that like this could be a tit for tat, uh, right. pun intended, like, when Greg's like, oh, does this mean that Shiv can do like whatever she wants? I think that's kind of when it hits Tom of like, right. oh no. It's cold water. Yeah. Like, I don't want that. But then he's like, um, oh, um, of course. Yeah. Like, doesn't want to look like a jerk. <laughs> yeah. But it also, it feels like he feels obligated at that point. And like, well, I asked if it was okay. So I guess I should do something. Right. Um, yeah. Which is where the fellatio comes in. So, right. yeah. Uh, it, Tom doesn't Tom is not having a great time and he wanted Prague he wanted the fly guys like we I think we all know like an I think we all wanted the fly guys (laughs) (laughs) but like this is not what Tom wanted and I ended up giving him a two uh just because it's like sure he got some but like was it really as hot as you're saying it is yeah i think i think i'm inclined to give him a two as well but i'm also inclined to give him a smint uh because he asked for one so i'm gonna give him an additional point is this like a brand of mint what is a smint it's such a like a random brand i was thinking more of an altoid would have been appropriate but it made me laugh really hard i think the smint is a kind of jarring thing to hear uh you're like, Wait, we're yeah it definitely makes it better <laughs> you're you're locked in on the idea of like okay that sounds like a mint but did you just say smint uh so i feel like you hear an altoid altoid's like saying i'm gonna go watch netflix and instead you're just watching tv i'm gonna get a smint and you're like you're eating smints yeah he really means smint <laughs> really what smint. if he was like could you hand me a mentos <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, a Matthew long McFadian, chew while you tried to figure out what to do. Matthew McFadden doing uh, a Mentos commercial—that uh, is a thing that I want to see yeah. in my life. Just sitting point. down on a freshly painted bench and having mm-hmm. to fix his suit to Pulling make around. stripes all across. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Fresh goes better. Okay. Yeah. Um, so how about cousin Greg? Cousin Greg comes to to Romboy. He's got a job to do. He has a job to do that's different from the job that Tom is involved in in this episode. His job, Cousin Greg, is to make sure that Kendall doesn't overly wet his beak. He also comes to Logan Roy and I think very uh, surprisingly confidently advocates for himself to get uh, a different job as far away from Tom as possible. And uh, I think that he uh, is muchly appreciative of Logan's (laughs) attentiveness in that meeting. Uh, Attentiveness is a bit of a stretch considering Mm -hmm. he waited three and a half hours to even talk to Logan. And he only gets invited in when Logan has tech issues. He's like, it's doing that spinny thing again. 80-year-old Logan. The beach ball of death is what we used to call it at my old office. (laughs) Correct. Yeah. yeah, but he, I do, I do, I am impressed with Greg where he says, like, I want to get out of parks and move into digital. He's like, the atmosphere is a little, you know, degrading. He's like, oh, Tom, I didn't know we had a him. <laughs> um, but oh, I do have a question for Emily. Emily, as yes. the resident food expert on the mm-hmm. podcast, um, are risotto balls super soakers, yeah. as Greg asserts? I'm trying to figure out what he was talking about there. Like, like it can an, absorb I, the wine, absorb the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. I thought it had like a, like a multi in center like an arancini that just like exploded in your mouth i like love how emily is, is thinking this is like a fancy gusher yeah. <laughs> she's like hmm how can i make one of these for myself well I'm, don't they I'm have over here being like hmm how could she make one of these for right me? For you the balls are delicious yeah yeah well what are the ones that are that you had in um the netherlands josh like the bitten but oh they're like, like croquettes yeah, yeah they're like croquettes yeah. so yeah. i was thinking maybe like that because it had gravy in <laughs> those it. are very molten yeah yeah mostly yeah. liquid folks but i mean it's carbs it's also like arborio rice has a lot lot of extra starch that's why it takes so long to cook it and then mm-hmm. you can like sort of you know craft it into the ball and then fry it so it has like the the carb it has the oil it has probably breadcrumbs that you rolled it in so it's like a you know 
a three-pronged sort of alcohol absorber, I would say. But mm. you probably have to eat maybe like seven or eight of them they to really feel small. the effect. Yeah, yeah. 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 If they're and really small. They look like a past hors d'oeuvre, so you're going to be chasing down mm -hmm. the cater waiter to get and more And they'll probably be not so warm, maybe Ugh. a little gluey because they've been sitting out. But I don't know. Maybe this is an arancini crowd. Like People things. were excited about it, you know? <laughs> they're just place. going out like hotcakes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> A very visceral episode of Succession, <laughs> I have to say. Uh, uh, but Greg ultimately ends up having to do coke because, and he doesn't do white drugs. He doesn't do white drugs. Same but, girl. But yeah. Kendall is basically just like, listen, you have to stop me from ODing. So if you don't do these lines, I'm going to. Um, which leads to like one of my favorite interactions of the entire episode when Tom comes up. And he says, you know, Greg, you coke whore. Yeah, you <laughs> coke whore. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Do you want to say the thing? You can say it. There's a quote from the show. Jess is about to drop an F-bomb. You can okay. do it, Jess. Oh, the buckle yeah, up, you can fuckle say head. Yeah. <laughs> she really loves that. It's loves so that. Good. Yeah. It, it is, is so good. It is very good. Uh, the whole, like, <laughs> should I puke? Only if you can puke up your entire bloodstream, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god he's such a wreck and it's obviously so clear that kendall's like take some drugs and leave me alone like uh -huh. get out of here yeah you know? well, just kendall finds out that mm -hmm. that's greg's job is to watch out for him according to his father so yeah i mean i i will say i do think like ultimately like not great that like greg is forced to do white drugs that he doesn't want to do no. um, but i will say like uh kendall didn't die um, so that's good. Mm -hmm. And he did get some kind of like, hey, if you keep my son alive, we'll talk about moving you. And I, you know what? It's never a bad thing to do a favor for Logan Roy. So I ultimately uh, gave uh, <laughs> but like, uh, I will say maybe it's never. a bad thing to do a favor. It's yeah. never like, you know what, uh, to have Logan Roy maybe owe you one. In yeah. this universe. Yeah. In this universe feels like a good thing to have. Maybe. So I gave Greg a three. Yeah, I am. Um, I put him over the edge. I went to four. Uh, I'm giving. I'm giving cousin Greg four, and I think that that's just because of, like the adrenaline pumping through cousin Greg got him all yeah. the way to the top. Uh, I was gonna give him a five just because I love him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's breaking it was just the so meter. good to see him again, and I was he's, like, yes, it's a powerful bloodstream. All right, he's final so uh, person to to rate in the rhomboid situation. Connor Roy, who is just <laughs> whoop, a, whoop. A, a puddle of love. Uh, this uh, keeps telling people that he loves them. He's making them uncomfortable. He's in love. He's in love. He's get he's falling in mm -hmm. love repeatedly here. Uh, is this the Molly talking, Emily? That's yeah. what you think is going on here with Connor Roy? Yeah, maybe you should have had some rice balls. Calm him <laughs> down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the arborio rice is what you were yeah, missing. Yeah, help him digest a little more Connor slowly, Roy. not get hit with that Molly all at once. Uh, Connor Roy, hard for me not to give him a zero this time around. <laughs> he was about to get kicked out of Romboid. How do you get kicked out of Romboid? Like, this is the place where, like, this is supposed to be, like, sort of, like, the law land and he's gonna get kicked out of here i like That's the idea of him i like the idea of him potentially sneaking back in with the eyes wide shut mask being like you don't know me uh -huh. <laughs> yeah it's not 1997 greg uh <laughs> very important to note uh jess how did you feel about connor ultimately in this episode yeah <laughs> he's He's like, you know, there is like a certain sweetness to him being like super loyal to Willa and being like, oh, I have a girlfriend and she's moved in and she thought she hated it, but she really likes it. And I'm like, we really know she hates it, Connor. Um, but <laughs> I do love he's like, everyone is welcome pre or post apocalypse. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's so yeah. stupid. Uh, no, Connor pretty much sucks. I mean, stop making people uncomfortable. If you're going to get kicked out of Rumble, you're doing something really, really wrong. I gave him a one. I don't know. I never have much love for Connor. <laughs> so. Well, he makes himself so unbelievably, disgustingly awful to watch. Like, I just can't stand it. He's, yeah. he's just so unsavory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not unlike the, no, the rice balls are savory. They're very savory. I'm so hungry now. All yeah. I want to do is eat some. Hello, Pinky. Uh -huh. I'm glad you kept the date. Well, family. How was the play? Oh, you know. People pretending to be people. How are the wedding arrangements? Very exciting. Yeah, well, I'm excited. My daughter. 
So you saw the interview? They told me. You came after the man's wife. They said. You're okay with that? Tell him not to speak about my family, not on my network, not on any network ever again, or I'll end them. Yeah, silence the man who says you're stifling dissent. We have not talked much about Shiv in this episode, and we really see her go to work for Gil Evis this time around. We're hearing a little bit more about um, what Gil Evis's depression was uh, uh, inspired by. His wife died by suicide something like 18 months earlier, I think. And it's really dragged out in this very disgusting way during this ATN TV interview uh, which is like, you know, this is why you're running and people don't like a man who's, who may have murdered his wife or like some of these like really salacious implications. Um, but Shiv stands by Gil, Jess, in this episode when Logan puts it between uh, it's him or me, basically. She's staying firm in resisting her father. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, like we said before, like last episode where Gil says, I trust you. And it's so obvious her father doesn't even when so she gives Gil some obviously bad advice to go on ATN where it get things get very personal and her name gets pulled into it, which prompts Logan to have a, you know, a dinner with with Shiv. And uh, it, it's very obvious to Shiv. She says, you know what? I am the smartest and I could tell that you're also using me and that the only reason you want me to come in with you is to get to be, stop helping Gil, basically. And she tells him to F off. And I do like this move from Shiv, uh, whether or not it's dangerous is, is a different, you know, question or answer. But um, uh, it ultimately ends up in, in Logan not attending her wedding as a result of this. Oh, he's not feeling up to it. Yeah, That's sure. Says, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I gave Shiv a three. Um, and the reason what kept me from giving her a four is I talked about this last episode. I don't like the Nate stuff. It's too, it's, it's, it's too, who cares? I don't care. It feels a little, um, I don't know the right word for it, but <laughs> I, you know, I know when I, I know the right word for it. And it's, it's when like the only female member of this family is like the one that has to be off in some affair that like is, is just so annoying. I don't care for Nate. And it's like so obvious that obviously you can't just it's not nothing like she says it is like there are feelings associated. And I that's the reason I didn't give her a four is because I don't care about the neat stuff. But I ended up with a three. Emily, how did you rate uh, Siobhan? Uh, you also don't like the Nate stuff. I think Nate sucks. Uh-huh. Yes! I think he's terrible, and he's a distraction, and he should get out of here. I Do you know s- that he um, is uh, the actor <laughs> who played the Tom Hanks role in uh, the TV show version of the Da Vinci Code uh, <laughs> books? Emily, your favorite book? <laughs> it took so it's long to get there. Book. <laughs> Yeah, Emily loves the Da Vinci Code. No, I don't. Stop it. <laughs> when Josh and I first started talking, when we were like beginning dating, I told him that I had just re- read the Da Vinci Code and I liked it. And he was like, oh. I was quietly really disappointed. <laughs> no, you weren't. You actually came out and you were like, I was pretty vocally disappointed. Great. And I was like, what? Like, actually, book. the Da Vinci Code sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. fine. I've changed my uh, preferences since. But anyway, <laughs> I was also like 21 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> I give Shiv a two. Here's why. I hate Nate. I hate Nate. And I hate Nate. I also feel like she's I hate Nate. (laughs) I also just really hate Nate. But I feel like she's being jerked around in ways that obviously we've seen her father triangulate with every single family member slash child. Like this is just what he does. He he puts everybody against each other on purpose. It's It's a great game for him. But I think like she is really, really smart in the way that he does tell her that she is. And she should know better that he's drawing her in, but she's going to get burned like everybody else. And I hate that. And it makes me upset. And I want her to just like figure out what she's doing with her life. And she clearly isn't psyched about marrying Tom. And like, I get it. It's maybe just like a very convenient marriage. It's just easy to go along with it at this point. And it also just speaks volumes that she's in bed with Nate. Her father calls and she's like, great, two less people that have to come and like deal with being like seats at my wedding. You know, the caterers don't have to make them plates. Yeah. It's just clearly she's going through her own thing. She's having an identity crisis herself, like working for Gil. Is this really going to get her anywhere? Obviously, you know, 
she, her father's telling her like, stop digging around, like, come on in, like, let me take care of you. Let me do the thing. Like, what are you trying to prove here? And she's just going to fall for it. And I don't want her to. I like her being sort of on the cusp of maybe like really pushing against a lot of what, you know, Royco Waystar has been doing. And like the fact that she's not, you know, she's going to still take the bait from her dad. Ultimately, it's too hard to watch for me. I, it makes me upset for her. Yeah. So. Well, let's talk about her dad. Uh, <laughs> it's really hard to give Logan any points in the episode yeah. where he threatens his daughter and when she doesn't do what he wants he decides he's not going to go to her wedding yeah that's such a that's such a mean thing to do yeah you could have said it that. you could have said it it's I already true. said it once so I felt yeah. bad saying it again no, <laughs> uh, but it is yeah. it's a total dick move <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is she's going to have past Aaron Cheney as the hors d'oeuvres I mean it's going to be really good yeah he's going to miss out on all the super soakers yes <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, the only thing, and I am never one to defend Logan, you know that. I consistently hate him and give him zeros. Um, the one teeny tiny modicum of credit I will give him is that, like, I, I've, I've looked at this from every angle I possibly can. I don't know why he asks Greg to keep an eye on Kendall, if not out of some sort of love for his kid. Like, they're, they're, why, why else? Why else is he, like... He's the one who said, oh, Kendall's wandering about town high on drugs um, before he was that was even true. Yeah. And now he's wanting Greg to keep an eye on Kendall so he doesn't overdose on, on drugs and alcohol. So I give him like a teeny tiny ounce of credit for like some paternal love. Uh, and so I ended up giving him a one, even though generally he sucks the big one. He sucks. He's terrible. <laughs> He's awful. And I hate him. Yeah. Uh, but he gets a one just because he shows Kendall some sort of love, even I'll, if it is indirectly. Yeah. I'll Wouldn't, give him a half point. I'll give him yeah, a half point. A half point. Wouldn't we say, though, that Greg is like the perfect like built-in spy for, Ken uh, for Logan, though, by being assigned to Kendall? Like, he's going to go back and report what he saw, you know, yeah, within reason. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Logan... You know, it's bad press for someone in your close immediate family to die suddenly, as yeah. we've seen with Gil. So, like, does he want to avoid the, you know, proverbial S storm by making sure that Kendall is, like, at least sober enough and, and not going too crazy here? I don't know. Yeah, there's that's that to be considered, point. too. Yeah. Interesting point. I think that that's why mm. I'll go with the half, because uh, there's two sides to every story, right? So yeah. let's go half off uh, for, for this point. Um, Marsha, another episode where she doesn't have much to do. Her only real role in this one is to convey the RSVP that we're not attending the wedding. That does nothing for me. I'm going to give her just a one. Codependency. I, yeah. I give her a zero. Wow. wow. You've been very high on Marsha, but I think Marsha's stock uh, starting to fall a little bit. Yeah, and it's going to keep falling. Spoiler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll I gave her uh, I gave her a zero as well. Yeah. I don't care. She's And she's rude when she says it to yeah. Chip. I just can't. You know what? Screw you, lady. Yeah. She's always rude. I don't find her to be warm in any way, shape, or form. No. I just really didn't. It really bothered me for, like, whatever reason that it's Marsha is the one calling Shiv and Logan is sitting right there. It's so, it's just, like, so disrespectful. I can't even. Yeah. Codependency. Um, Jer mm -hmm. Jerry doesn't have much to do in this one. She goes to tell them uh, 4.9 at the elevator. Or is it 4.8? I don't remember. <laughs> is that also your point structure for her? Uh -huh. I give her 4.8. Yeah. She did great. Now we tend to give Jerry four because we don't want to get attacked by the Jerry stands on the internet, but I just don't know that she really did anything here. So I think I, I really gave her like a, an, an A because like yeah. she really didn't do anything. Let's close things out with these last things that we're tracking. The F off counter. How many different times does Logan Roy say F off in an episode? He says it twice here, I believe. We've got Jess. Yes, he says it twice. Um, and we also get some other F-offs. The girl from Dust says yeah. F-off. Shiv says it twice, once about Gil. The infection when is spreading. The language virus is infecting other people outside of the family. Yeah, it's wonderful. I appreciate it. Uh, she also, Shiv telling her own father to F-off is so, just so amazing. Uh, I loved that moment. Uh, a lot of F-offs this episode. Yes. Uh, the Ken dad counter. We've got six dads from Kendall. If you include when he says, why am I about to, why do I feel like I'm about to find out you're not my real mommy and daddy? Uh, <laughs> so I barely want to count that because he's not talking about his own dad. But I think we're counting it. We've already got precedent. Daddy is on the board. 
six dads from Kendall. As far as the blanks dead category, who got fired this week? It's the fly guys. Uh, the fly guys got <laughs> Oh, fired. good call. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, any <laughs> final words for the fly guys, uh, ladies? Do we want to say anything about the fly guys? You know, I was happy that when Roman tried to give him money for coffee, he's like, I could buy my own coffee. I was like, you know what? Tell Roman. That's the bad fly guy, by the way. What do you think? (laughs) What do you think they did? Where did they go? To a cafe. (laughs) For like 12 hours or whatever? Yeah, Yeah, they just went to a coffee shop for 12 hours. so uncomfortable. I mean, there are worse places to be stuck for like a day than New York City, I guess. So, you know, there's stuff to do. How long do you think it took for them before they were like, okay, I don't think he's going to call us? Um, an hour, probably at least. <laughs> yeah, I would say they stuck around for an hour. If they're the fly guys and they fly around a lot, they're used to the layover. So you know, it could have been a while. <laughs> could have been a while. Um, Daddy's favorite this week of his four children. It's clearly Roman. Uh, I think uh, it seems like things are progressing with Roman. He has given Roman a really important job that I think we should just put a pin in now and see how this goes, uh, that Roman has been tasked with supervising a satellite launch in Japan. What could go wrong? Um, so Wonderful foreshadowing. Yeah, so that's great. So good for Roman. That's a pretty important job from Logan that he's given to, to, to Roman. So I think Roman is daddy's favorite this time around. Greg versus Tom. This is kind of hard. Emily, who do you think had the better episode? Cousin Greg or Tom Wom's games in terms of like how it went for them as people? Uh, I think you- it probably went poorly for both of them, but for very different reasons. So yeah. I might just say that it's like an even match. This We time did that around. last time. Mm-hmm. It was a draw uh, last time around. Jess, do you have a more uh, a, a stronger stance here? On I Greg do. Even though Gre- Greg was truly miserable. He talks multiple times in this episode about finding a, a, uh, like a quiet corner. He's like, the party follows you everywhere you go. Yeah, um, you can't escape the I- party. Yeah, but I will say I think ultimately he is in a better position by the end of this episode in that he has done a favor for Logan Roy. And I do think that like that is important to highlight. Whereas Tom, on the other hand, feels like he's done something like he tries to act like he enjoyed it. Doesn't really seem like he did. Um, He's trying to convince himself he enjoyed it. So I ultimately think Greg wins this one um if i had to pick between the two and i did rate greg higher this episode sure. as well. yeah i did too i think i'll go with you i think we can give it to to greg so that is um five five Gregs, five gregs to mm. two toms so far one tie here uh, four wom scans uh we are uh we are rating the episodes from zero to four as well here as we're going through uh i gave my first four out for uh last time around for episode seven i'm not quite as high on this one though i love this episode i think this episode is great i gave it 3.7 is where i ultimately landed for this episode of Succession. Jess, where did you land? I gave it a 3.5. I, I This is a really good episode. It's a very solid episode. Um, I just think that like there are better episodes. Um, it's really funny. Uh, so I, I ultimately gave it a 3.5. I really do enjoy it. I just think that, like, again, it's just like a shiv and neat stuff. It's just like yeah. bothers me so much. It's so it annoying. I'm fun. Um, Emily, no pressure, but do you want to give a score? It's your I'm going to give you yeah, a 3.5 yeah. here. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You like this one. I did. We laughed. It, we laughed a lot. It was yeah. very fun. Yeah, and it and it's, an, it's a standout episode in a lot of ways. When yeah. you told me this was the episode I was going to cover, I was very you were happy to do it. You were yeah. happy. You were, I Absolutely. think about this one a lot, too. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, Every time we're in Sunset Park and you're waving me over to Where's the subway. Yeah, I just want to go and I want to find it. Um, so that is episode eight of Succession in the books. Those are the things that we are rating as we're going through here. If you want to rate along with us, postshowrecaps.com slash rate Roy or postshowrecaps.com slash action stations as well you can talk about who was the best side character in this episode is a thing that you can uh weigh in on emily who is your favorite side character here in prague uh, my favorite side character yeah like your favorite non-main character here that frank uh, being like oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah frank is still like riding nodding along Kendall, being right? like okay yeah. they said you were and great in the like, room uh, they yeah. loved you in the room. Uh, yeah. Poor Frank. Oh, hi, Frank. 
uh, you left me in the room. I feel like uh, Frank is just constantly joke. cleaning up all the messes all the time, and I feel right. for him, even though he probably gets paid a lot of money to do it. So Not anymore. He got fired. Well, uh, yeah, I know, but still. Uh, but you could also talk about the best quote of the episode. You can rate the setting, all of that stuff. Postshowrecaps.com slash rate Roy. You want to make sure you never miss an episode of the Succession Podcast on Post Show Recaps? Well, there's a way to do that. You go to postshowrecaps.com slash succession. That's the RSS link if you want to search by URL in your podcast player of choice. You can also search Post Show Recaps Succession wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find us. Uh, ratings and reviews there would be incredibly appreciated. And if you can subscribe as well, my gosh, that would be wonderful. You know, what would also be wonderful for both us and for you is if you went to patreon.com slash post show recaps, sign up at any level to support the podcast and continue making podcasts like the Daily Succession podcast possible. You get commercial free succession podcasts as a result at any single level that you want to sign up at patreon.com slash post show recaps for those ad free succession podcasts um jess i want to thank you for uh driving me down across the border to uh your your location here in central new york and i want to thank emily for driving up to pick me up and, and bring me home how are lolo and dougie doing i've missed them <laughs> they're anticipating your arrival okay cool uh i look forward to saying so strange. i don't understand what's happening yeah, i already I, I, I broke the fiction because i said we watched this one together so not that anyone was really following along anyway <laughs> Uh, back to normal tomorrow, folks. Yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. normal, whatever normal ends up being. This is normal. <laughs> this is normal. This is normal. Very well, normal. I think a really important episode coming up next, episode nine, the penultimate episode of Succession season one, prenuptial, uh, which I think uh, places us in uh, a little bit of what we can expect. We are before Shiv and Tom's wedding. Uh, so what's that all going to play out as? I think that'll be really uh, interesting to to track. We will be doing that next on the Succession podcast. In the meantime, I know that you can find Emily Fox on the Party Down podcast feed here on Poster Recaps talking about Party Down with Dr. Amanda. Emily, where else can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter. My handle is Emilet, like an omelet, but spelled with an E. Wow. And yeah, come along for the ride. Lots of food pictures. <laughs> you can't make an omelet without spelling it with an E. Uh, no, you right. can, but uh, this is the riffing on a thing. Jess, where okay. can people find you on the internet? <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at the Jess Sterling. All right. And I'm at Round Howard. Wherever you can find me, we will be back tomorrow with the ninth day of the Daily Succession podcast, as well as episode nine of the Succession podcast here in season one. Until next time, everybody. F off. P to the O.D.